following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 96 of the PWT cast. My name's Scrum. And this is Stank. Stank, this is the one where we talk about wrestling. Uh, yeah, finally. Finally, right? <laughs> finally. All those people have been sitting around waiting. Uh, no, this episode is coming out. Uh, I mean, we're recording this right after All Out. Um, not, not no, all, Double or d- Nothing. Double or Nothing. See, I got All Out on the mind, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> why that. Yeah. Uh, first off, the one thing I have to address is the most excited I was for the show. And, and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the show. It was a fun show. We'll definitely get into that. But there's a, a new addition to the AEW family, Dave. Um, it's sexual chocolate himself, Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. And if you could have seen little 12-year-old Scrump, how it, he came out it, it, for one night, he just he came out of me. I was so excited because um, I've opened, I don't know how much I've openly talked about it on here, but like I've talked about it with you and other people where like I desperately want to podcast with mark henry and talk to him about three six mafia because as you guys know his theme song in wwe was it it, cons- it was about three minutes of uh dj paul and juicy J going somebody's gonna get their ass beat somebody's gonna get their wig split beat him up beat him up break his neck and 13 year old me thought that was the coolest fucking thing because i love the wrestling i love three six mafia and now yeah. that he's part of the aew family like that is an attainable goal, and so I'm I'm manifesting it. You guys are hearing it now. I tweeted about it earlier. Mark Henry coming soon to the PWD cast. I don't care if it's episode fucking 200, 300, 400. <laughs> like, it, it is – I'm going to do everything in my power uh, to make that happen. Um, but, Dave, we actually – we have some, uh, some breaking news aside from uh, Mark Henry signing to AEW. Um, as you guys, the listeners, may know, and if you don't, welcome. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, not every week do we open it up talking about how excited I am about Mark Henry. Um, I mean, internally, yes, I'm always yeah. excited about Mark Henry. In Head. spirit. In spirit, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, we are the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. And aside from Dave and I doing this, you know, we gather every week. Um, we have a Patreon as well. Uh, currently on the Patreon, we have our weekly movie reviews in the form of uh, Scrump and Stang's Family Video. And uh, we have this bi-weekly podcast as well called Go, Go, Scrump, and Stank, in which Dave and I just kind of talk Power Rangers, really. Like, um, just everything to do with Power Rangers. You know, like our last episode, we talked about, like, the Power Ranger toys. You know, we've talked about, like, the the various Power Rangers themselves. We've talked about uh, Jason David Frank, a.k.a. Tommy Oliver. Um, Dave and I made a joke about two or three weeks ago. Uh when we t- or maybe even a month ago i'm not even exactly sure when when we talked about our new office for those of you guys unaware um we're moving our our current recording location to a newer office um yeah. there's some construction being done here at pro wrestling tees and where we currently record is going to be a hallway so it's it's a long story i don't i know confusing i myself don't fully understand but it'll be a thing. It'll be made into a hallway. And so our go-to was, well, Ryan's dad, Ryan Barkin, owner and CEO of Pro Wrestling Tees, he has an office up here. And we are like, fuck this guy. Let's kick him out of there. Uh, and it's not mean. If you guys got to know him, you'll understand why. 
Yes. Um, also, he doesn't use it. If I'm a peer, no. I never see the guy. It's being wasted on Ricky Barkin. Ugh. It is. It is this weird, like old man cave of just these weird, like precious moments figures and a lot of pictures yeah. of cars. Very weird. But we were, you know, we we're gonna go there. And Ryan had mentioned to me offhand, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't care. Tell me when you want, I'll kick my dad out. By the way, there is another office upstairs because we're on the second floor and the third floor of this warehouse that we record out of um, are some other offices, like people who, before Ryan bought the building, it, they just, they rented offices out of there. And some, one of them was going to become vacant. And Ryan's like, if you want to check it out, by all means, go ahead, check it out. You know, if you want it, it's yours and dave and i checked it out we really liked it and so that's going to be the new pwt cast offices we joke though because the way it's laid out it very much reminds us of like those old uh murder like or, or those old like mystery shows you know um yeah. like it, i think you made the 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 proper comparison of it's like a, in how to uh who framed roger rabbit yeah eddie valiant's office with like the little door transom above there with the window it looks a uh, real like an old-fashioned detective's office exactly it reminds us of when we used to record at the logan square auditorium yeah and i joked where i was like all right i was like you heard it first crump and Stakes detective agency coming soon um well it's coming a lot sooner than you guys thought we're going to just kind of test out the waters uh temporarily put on hold uh go go scrump and stank in favor of Scrump and Stank's uh, detective agency, and uh, I know what you're thinking. What the hell is the show? Well, uh, Dave and I, when we're not sitting in front of a, a microphone and kind of just talking every day, we love to talk about, like, conspiracy theories, cryptids, like, unsolved murders, even solved murders, like, all that kind of stuff. It's, you, you know, like, it's just fun. Like as morbid as that sounds, and it sounds pretty morbid, um, it is something that we, you know, take joy in. So, uh, yeah, it'll consist of that. You know, some episodes, you know, might take two, three weeks to to get done. Um, some episodes shorter. Our our first initial episode, which will um, not this week but next week be dropping, uh, we'll be talking Mothman with uh, marvelous Matt Nix. He doesn't know it yet, but we're fucking doing it and i'm sure he will be yeah i am sure he will be happy to do it as he really loves the moth man so yeah it's just a new fun little uh you know adventure for us um dave and i are really excited about that yeah we're really trying to like spice things up like really there's there's only so much power rangers you can talk about and again we'll, we'll probably revisit it you know just to keep things fresh but um like the movie reviews, we could do that for all eternity. There's so many movies and so many different ways we can go with that. But, like, you know, when it comes to that secondary show, you know, we're going to try new things. And this is going to be one of them. And I think uh, I think you guys are going to like it because it's stuff that's really near and dear to uh, me and Scrump's heart. Exactly. And, hey, with this being, you know, the, the beginning of the month, basically, uh, well, right – Right now, as you're hearing this, it's the 31st. If you're hearing it the day it comes out. If you wait for the next day on uh, June 1st, then, uh, and if you already aren't, that's when I would suggest you sign up for the Patreon. Because otherwise they double charge you. And, you know, that, I, don't want, I don't want you guys to be double charged. Um, but this, this month in particularly, uh, we'll be releasing a very special episode, our 100th episode. Um, that's, of course, going to be dropped Monday, uh, 
June 28th. Yes, Monday, June 28th. It'll be our 100th episode with the aforementioned Ryan Barkin. Um, it's something that when we first started the show, he said, don't. One of one of his three terms was don't ask me to be on the podcast. So of course immediately we've started advertising him because I yep. think one it was like a little fun goal for us. Like let's see if we can get to episode one hundred, you know. But also yeah, it, well yeah, and uh, kind of I I don't know about you, but I think he didn't think we would make it, and then we were kind of like, can we make it to a hundred? I mean it seems like a lofty goal, especially you're doing it every single week. Um, but here we are knocking on the door of 100. Yeah, like we're creeping up. Like I mean, 100 is a big milestone, but on top of that, we're creeping up on two years of, of having done this, which is like it's almost weird because I think back to things, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, was that pre-podcast or was that like when we had a podcast? You know, because I'm like... It's all blending in. It, just, it all blends in at a certain point, but we'll have Ryan Barkin on for episode 100. But as a special bonus, and this is where if anyone, if you're kind of teetering on whether or not you should sign up for the Patreon, this is going to be a fun little bonus. He does not like doing podcasts. He has done Jericho's, uh, Chris Van Vliet's, and I think he might have done something for the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. But aside from yeah. that, he is not like he hasn't even done the Art of Wrestling with Coco Pana, you know, or Stone Cold's podcast. Like he and people ask him all the time, and he, you know, he politely declines. Well, I mean, even even for the documentary for the shop, he was really nervous about it, and that was something he commissioned himself. So yeah, he he's very camera shy sometimes. So exactly um but we're gonna you know get that episode 100 with him and and you know who knows what we talk about but as a special bonus for all you people of the you know of the patreon who all you patrons of the show um we're gonna do a special q a episode with him if there's ever anything you've wanted to ask him or you're curious about you know submit it to us and we'll get to you know we'll try to get to as many questions as we can depending on how many we get you know we might limit it to just one or two but like by all means, you know, send in as many questions as you'd like. You know, we'll kind of pick and choose. But that is going to be a special episode available only to Patreon people. So, you know, if if you've kind of been teetering on whether or not you should join, listen, there's um, all the p- past Power Ranger episodes, you know, they'll be there. And that's for the $10 and above tier, the the third additional show. If you, you're interested in just the uh, movie review, it's as simple as signing up for a $5 tier and, you know, you get that. But with the $10 tier, you, you do get a free monthly sticker. So it might be in your favor. Uh, but, yeah, you you get a brand new show as, as long with all the other shows we've done in the past and the special Q&A episode with Ryan. Um, so if you're interested, you know, now would be the time to sign up for that. And uh, we're going to try and, you know, as well as do some other special stuff. Like it's it's a very big month, you know. Not only is it Dave and I's birthday months, um, but, you know, episode 100 and episode 104 right after that to commemorate our two-year anniversary um we're working on some fun stuff for you guys um dave but speaking of fun stuff you know like i mentioned this week um we'll be released i'll, I'll be releasing uh our review of once upon a time in hollywood uh early for the patreon people and that is because uh again if some of you people might have heard where we do the our, our movie review I'll be releasing this last one for free 
for for a while for a long time this will be the last free one um just kind of as a if you guys want a little taste you guys want to wet your beak a little bit and just want to hear what those typically go like dave and i went on for a while about once upon a time in hollywood and i think you know not to you know listen not to toot my own horn but toot toot uh i think it was one of our better shows yeah, you know, it's we both have a deep, deep love and respect for Quentin Tarantino. And we both kind of went in this movie from two different sides. You know, like I didn't like it initially. You loved it. And, you know, I think I ended up coming around to liking it after, you know, subsequent views. And so we, we had a lot to say. There's there's always a lot to say about Tarantino movies. And this was no exception. Yeah, so that that will be dropping this Friday for everyone for free. If you're a member of the page uh, uh, the Patreon, it'll drop for you guys early on Wednesday as opposed to Friday. So if you guys have a you know you guys have a leg up on everybody else, um, Dave, we will be talking about AEW, but first I kind of figured we should talk uh, some you know like we normally do some sort of uh, Marvel stuff, some sort of there's not that much, but there was some interesting things. Uh, going on as far as in the world of comics the first one i mentioned to you you were not aware of um taika watiti uh director of (laughs) of such things as hunt for the wilder people what we do in the shadows uh thor ragnarok and the upcoming thor love and thunder one of my favorite directors jojo rabbit as well like he is just he's fucking awesome both on screen and off screen you know he's lended his voice in the first season of mandalorian and uh you know he's just he's an awesome fucking dude i I love his work what i love even more now is uh, his personal relationship allegedly allegedly he got scolded by disney and disney execs uh because the house of mouse was not happy with uh what was going on in his personal life he is apparently in a thruple with uh fellow actor uh tessa thompson and Rita Ora, who is a musician. Living his best life. Living his best life. Like, come on. What fucking what fucking square over at the House of Mouse was like coming down on this guy for just living his best life? Like you know, it, it's what it was it was just one of those silly things that I was like, really? Is that really what we're gonna get mad about? Um that I just wanted to throw out there because I thought it was fun. I, I imagine them having uh funny adorable sexy brunches in their uh in their silk robes just laughing and feeding each other strawberries and uh him just being wonderfully quirky and good for him great for him great for him um but there was some casting news like on the marvel kind of side um aaron taylor johnson who was actually rumored to be showing up in wandavision but famously didn't show up um although there was a um we got something else. <laughs> there was, yes, yeah, something, something else. But um, yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson has been cast as Craven the Hunter. Uh, for you guys who don't follow everything, you know, as as closely as um, most people do, Sony owns the rights to Spider Man to the Spider Man movies, which is why you don't see those Spider Man movies on Disney Plus yet. Right. Um, but they own the rights to those, so they've been like wanting to have their own spider-man universe which like you know explains those those venom movies that that are the one that came out the one that is coming out there's supposed to be a morbius movie that's coming out um olivia wilde is making a silk movie and uh there's now a craven the hunter movie being made not necessarily like the uh 
you know, the biggest fan of that. I, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, no, you, you know what? It's it's kind of like um, what Sony's doing. I equate it to like patent trolling or domain squatting. So, like for you, for you guys that don't know, there, there will be people that will come up with a, a vague idea and then they'll patent it, and then anyone else that comes, with, you know, with a better version of the idea has to pay that guy. Or let's say you own you were smart and when the internet started happening, you immediately bought Disney.com <laughs> and Disney of course would want it. So you're just sitting on it and you're like, well, I'll give it to you for $30 million. And then, you know, what's Disney supposed to do? That's exactly what Sony's doing. They, they know that this is like the final piece in the crown jewel that is Marvel. And they're like, <laughs> we're not getting rid of this. In fact, we're going to milk as much of, of it as we can while we've got it. And, I don't like. I liked. I liked the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's. I didn't like Spider Man Three. Obviously, nobody did on the planet. Oh, you mean <laughs> you didn't like the movie that revolves around MJ's failed Broadway career? No, not at all. <laughs> and then you know, I was okay with the Amazing Spider Man. Again, not the best. But when we're talking about Marvel's Spider Man, Tom Holland, perfection. Like. You can't get better than that. I'm. I'll argue that to as long as the day is long. But what Sony is doing is trying to have their cake and eat it too, and so they're taking all these side, you know, projects for Spider-Man that don't make sense without Spider-Man in it. And you know, Morbius, fucking Venom, uh, and now Craven the Hunter. These are all things that would be so rad in the Marvel cinematic universe and they're just going to squander it. I know it because they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're idiots. And so I like Aaron Johnson, but you know what? Yeah. Fuck that movie. That's, that's all I got to say about it. It's not going to be good. I guarantee. Yeah. I very much feel the same. And you know, speaking of like, so one of the things that the crux of why these previous Spider-Man movies haven't, been done well has been that sony executives are adamant they are they have a raging hard on for the sinister six to be incorporated into the spider-man universe and for those of yeah. you guys unaware sinister six a revolving you know roster of six villains you know spider-man giant rogues gallery you know yes. it's there's so many so many villains that you know vulture scorpion rhino kingpin like there's so doc many ock. doc ock yeah. yeah green goblin hobgoblin venom carnage like there's so many villains he has so occasionally there will be a revolving roster of these six they have been trying to incorporate that in their movies forever hence why we got both sandman and venom and a goblin question mark yeah in that third spider-man movie and then in this andrew garfield the amazing spider-man there is a straight up a scene where there is this mystery man walking through like Oscorp and yep. you see it, like they were just teasing this universe. They've been wanting. You see the six chambers. Yeah, exactly. So while, you know, that that's just been their fucking thing forever. It looks like we're finally getting that with this next Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, it, it's, you know, it's no secret that, um, Jamie Foxx is re returning as Electro, and Alfred Molina is returning as Doc Ock. Those two, they've both since revealed that that is what's going on. 
again, they're going to keep it as tight-lipped as possible until they tell you, because it's going to happen. They're, they're going to fucking tell you. Um, but uh, allegedly, um, Willem, Dafoe, Willem Dafoe is returning as Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, as well as uh, Sandman, Rhino, and Lizard, played by, of course, Thomas Hayden Church, Paul Giamatti, and Reese Ethens. Um No, none of those other four have been confirmed to reappear, but... Uh, the multiverse is going to be heavily involved in these yep. next few Marvel movies. You know, Doctor Strange, um, as well as this Spider-Man one. I, um, like, if they can pull it off successfully, I have all the faith in Kevin Feige to do it. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's very much... Friend of much, the show. Friend of the show, Kevin Feige. It's very much yeah. one of those things where, like, I am not... Like, I do not have this hard-on for... Um, the Sinister Six as much as everyone else does. Like I very much have been enjoyed these Spider-Man movies. You know, we've um, like the Vulture was like Vulture was done, you know, very well, and um, right. as well as with Mysterio and like you kind of had like Matt Gargan or the Scorpion. He was he showed up in in the first one, kind of just like a side character as well as Electro, um, and like it's fine like I, I don't think there's been an overabundance of like too much stuff going on so far i kind of worry this one might be a little ambitious but again these are also the same this is the same guy who managed to get a hundred characters on screen or whatever the fuck it was for uh infinity war and endgame so a little bit of faith um in that um dave did you by chance did you manage to catch the eternals trailer yes i did how did you feel about that? Because that 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 is so. What... I'm not I'm not very well versed in the Eternals. Like um, most of like the uh, far expanding Marvel comic book universe, I didn't like. I wasn't a big Doctor Strange fan. None of the cosmic stuff really intrigued me. Even like Fantastic Four and and their their battles with Galactus. That was a little. I don't want to say far fetched, but like once once you passed Earth's atmosphere, that's kind of where my interest waned a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, watching it, it seems like a cool concept. I know they did a little bit of gender bending when it came to some of the roles. Um, it, I mean, we we already we already have been introduced to Celestials in one form or another, and Thanos, who I think technically is an Eternal. Um, we've seen him obviously a lot. Um, it, it'll be interesting because it's gonna it's gonna take the Marvel universe and then introduce even wider expanding concepts, which I think is great. Um, and, and we've mentioned this before. When it comes to like the Marvel universe, there's something that everyone can like. You know, like if you like uh, Norse fantasy, you've got that. If you like a kid from Brooklyn, you got or the Bronx, you got that. Um, World War Two. I mean there's a little something for everyone. And I think that's why it appeals to so many people. And then, you know, it, once they give you something you like, you're willing to take that extra step towards something. Maybe you didn't know that you liked. And then now you got a big Marvel fan. So they're really good at doing that. Um, they didn't really show a lot of cool stuff in the trailer. I didn't think you saw a lot of the characters and a lot of them interacting, but um, like you said, if, if Marvel studios and Kevin Feige is involved, I'll always give them the benefit of the doubt, even if it looks a little sketch to me. And I, I won't say that this trailer looks sketch, but it's just, you know, 
they, they didn't show a lot. So, but I, I'm I'm interested. They I'll I'll watch whatever they put out. It was to me very underwhelming. Like I, yes. I I'm I'm in the same same thing as you, where it's like I I trust Marvel that if at anything it will at least be competent. Like I'm like guardians of the galaxy 2 captain marvel 4 2 like those three off the top of my head movies that i didn't blow me away um i've tried to rewatch, and i'm kind of just like okay you know um but even then it's it's watchable it's tolerable uh with this it's yeah like you mentioned i mean the the director for this movie she had an ex, ex let me look up her name because I, I feel bad just saying she um but it, she was notorious for like one of the things that she was very adamant about was um making it look like as she wanted uh, chloe's chloe's out she wanted to use all the practical effects that she could she wanted it to look as like legit as possible and right like apparently they filmed like hey we want it to look like they kind of just go all over the all over the place all over the timeline and stuff one of the things that was confusing to me was that they've clearly been around they've been letting things happen they've been overseeing everything so where the fuck were they when thanos showed up and because this, yeah. this is very clear, this is post-Thanos. So you can't even be like, oh, well, this was before the snap. Like, no, 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 this is very much, this is post-Avengers because there's even, like, the little button at the end where they're just like, Captain Rogers and Iron Man aren't here. Who's going to lead the Avengers? Right. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I look at it a couple of different ways. One, um, I, I think it, it kind of hinted that they much like Prometheus, they like the engineers, they came and they kind of seeded uh, what was like the beginning of human development. Like they were adding water to places that were barren. They were introducing, you know, small bits of technology to help move forward. But I think in general, maybe they were like documentarians. They, they, they're not supposed to get involved and now they are. Oh, or um, <laughs> I like to look at it maybe in the way, uh, through the lens of Invincible, you know, you have uh, Omni-Man and, you know, Omni-Man's fighting with his son, Invincible, and he goes, you don't even know me. Like, my time on Earth has been nothing but a speck in my existence. And so maybe that's how it is to these Eternals. Like, there was a big conflict, but conflict always seems to resolve itself. And so they, they weren't even bothered to do anything. But... Yeah, who who knows? I I personally, when they first showed um, concept art, they showed these gigantic beings. I I think I miss I think I mistook the Eternals for the Celestials. Like I I thought the two were one and the same, and I was completely wrong. Uh, the Celestials are what gave life to the Eternals, I think. And so I don't know. Like I, part of it is I don't know enough about the source material and. The other part is it was kind of a bland trailer. So especially like when you're talking about Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or, you know, Thanos, Thanos, you know, everyone's like, oh, Thanos is coming. Thanos is coming. That was exciting because you could you knew what it was. But Eternals, I don't know that much about and I don't know enough to be excited about it. Uh, I will say there was um, again myself. I also don't know too much about the the source material either, but there was um 
uh, I, I had read online. So part of uh, of what's going on, uh, allegedly, it's uh, that they may be adapting a, a storyline that Neil Gaiman wrote for when he he wrote on the book temporarily for a bit. And uh, apparently one of the things was there was some sort of storyline where they, everyone had adapted to, to, you know, the human world so much that they, they just seemingly forgot who they were. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, that, which, well, and that would explain, uh, you know, one of them being a Bollywood star. Exactly. Which, and also again, like why they didn't get involved or why they haven't gotten involved. Cause I mean, Thanos aside, there's just, there's been other real fucked up shit that has happened that like you yeah. figure they would have gotten involved with, but they just they haven't. Um, yeah, I think that would be interesting. Another thing that was interesting was uh, we were introduced to old fucking Jon Snow again, not knowing anything. You know, it's it's yeah. <laughs> uh, that was pretty fun, but should be exciting. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of excited to see where where we kind of go with that. Um, again, like I'm. Well, it, it, there's Jon Snow. Isn't the guy that played Rob Stark? He's in that too. He is the leader of the Eternals, Icarus. And yes. and there's a character named Cersei. <laughs> and there's a character named Cersei, yeah, as well. Uh, odd uh, synchronicity with uh, Game of Thrones there. Hey, which also, if you add to that, the last time that Rob Stark sees Jon Snow, he says, "The next time I see you, you'll be in all black," referencing that uh, Jon Snow. You know, he's he's going yep. to to the Wall. What is uh? Oh, because of course, you know, uh, Jon Snow, I forget his real name. I'm going to call him Jon Snow. In this movie, yeah. he's playing uh, Black Knight. Well, we're, a lot of people are assuming he turns into the Black Knight. We don't know for sure. Ooh, he, well, he, he's for sure playing the character. We don't know yet. We don't know if he sh- if he transforms into the character in this movie. Um, right. But but well, interesting. Interesting, interesting parallels. That, what do you see him in this movie? All black. You know, yep. fun little, you know, as you mentioned, synchronous synchronicity uh, in there. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into like the AEW talk now because I imagine most people who kind of tuned in, if you're a new listener, you were like, uh, boy, do they sure love talking about these Marvel movies? Uh, yeah, right. Real quick before I do, though, I, as we mentioned earlier, we do have a, a Patreon. And, uh, you know, part of the perks of the Patreon is our weekly shout outs. You know, we love giving our all our patrons weekly shout outs. Uh, it is one of the perks of, of being a member. So of course, shout out Clifford Frazier, Jesse Kolenberg, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, the invincible man himself, Ryan Mears, uh, our man, Neil Flanagan, Shannon Howenick, Jonathan Mayer, hot topic, Joe, Joe Enriquez, uh, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, who, uh, we, Dave and I will be seeing very soon, uh, September 5th, actually, or that very week. Excited. Uh, Vivian, who tomorrow, or today as we're speaking invited me to her house uh for memorial day uh barbecue food and dave and, and you know what? I'll, I'll mention that after i'll mention this after this uh our boy anthony torres brandon from new jersey wh park john Cena, and uh of course my godfather jesus shout out jesus shout out jesus um, <laughs> so yesterday dave and i recorded um an episode of Go Go uh, of Go of Scrum and Stank's family video uh, with her steps on Scotty and yes. uh, super fun, you know, big fan of Scotty, uh, great guy. He also has a dual disc, much like I do. So of course, you know, but it was a really fun episode that we had. But on top of that, uh, I had dinner with the Stankin family. We had uh, some burrito bowls. It was really yummy. Yes, um, very delightful. I will. I'll tell you what though. And yesterday and today, I am. 
my back is killing me because if you guys don't know, I was in a I was in a decent car accident, <laughs> and boy oh boy, did it fuck my back up. I am I'm nearly a cripple. I'm sure of it. <laughs> It's it's not fun. I've been getting uh, like as we've been talking. I don't know if you can hear my chair creaking, but like I'm moving around trying to get comfortable. It is. Whew, I'm feeling a lot of tenderness in yeah, the back. There was a lot of wincing from you yesterday, and I, I felt bad because of it. Um, but hopefully, well, especially since you were the one that rammed into me. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I've, I'll never know, forgive you for that. Yeah, but, you know. It, to be fair, I was texting and driving, so that that's true. That's partly on you for texting me. <laughs> I was just responding, yeah, and, I, and I shouldn't have been drinking and brake checking you the the entire time. So we're both at fault. Yeah, I, I sat there and I was like, Dave's not much of a drinker, but there he is waving around his Miller Light. Yep. So, um, of of course, we we say all this in jest. It was not yeah. Dave and I drinking and driving and texting. Yeah, um, it was a but. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but Dave, AEW Double or Nothing. This was it's funny because two years ago we were at the original. Um yes. Double or Nothing. You know, famously John Moxley hops over the the barricade and you see little boy Scrump, Stank, and uh Joe, Hot Topic Joe just Yo. losing our minds uh because of this. And then last year we weren't able to attend because COVID. And yeah. yeah, this year, you know, uh I know Michael, friend of the show, Michael Heredia, stupid Michael. Stupid Michael. Yeah, he was there with Matthew and Monica. And uh, by all accounts, you know, it was a great show. Like, it was packed. It was so weird to see, like, AEW back with, like, full fans. Because even when I was there, I was down there for Revolution. Like, there there were fans there, clearly not at full capacity, but still a pretty packed show. This one just full of fans and... Yeah. So happy to see that. Like I that genuinely like made me fucking happy because no fans has kind of like put me off of wrestling. I don't know about you, but like it's kind of put me off of wrestling for a bit just because it's like uh, it just feels weird, you know? Yeah, well, it, it, you know, it has been sad not having fans. And and that's one of the great things about wrestling too, right? And any form of entertainment is that we kind of go to kind of forget all the shit that we're going through. And it's hard when you're watching something like wrestling to be reminded that no one can go anywhere because, like, the crowds are empty. And, you know, WWE had their own take on how to do it, which was pretty good, the Thunderdome. And AEW did, you know, they were kind of like the first people to have a solution was they'd have, you know, all the extras and, and like, the family and crew kind of making noise at ringside. It wasn't exactly the same, but it was a really nice facsimile of it. But just seeing how packed the you know the daily center was or the daily's place i felt two feelings one i was happy and excited and then the other like i made my skin feel itchy a little bit it's like oh like you know eventually we're gonna get to that where everything's gonna be packed again but it did kind of feel a little weird especially after over a year of us not being able to do stuff like that but uh it definitely it definitely made the difference especially watching uh watching the event live just hearing you you could just feel the crowd atmosphere and that felt pretty good well kind of to touch on like what you said like they announced um all outs returning back to to chicago sunday september 5th and that's i don't i mean they haven't announced whether it'll be full capacity or not but you would you know only one is to assume that that is certainly the case and 
yeah i also don't i also don't know how to feel about that yeah i mean i'm sure it'll be fine you know like and if not you know they will definitely they'll definitely let you know you know oh yeah i mean yeah yeah it'll definitely be either you know if it's not full capacity then they'll definitely again like let you know that hey it's not full capacity unfortunately um but yeah i don't know i mean i'm pretty excited um i've kind of promised my daughter i was going to get her tickets with us so hopefully i can swing that or maybe even backstage passes but um you know, that's one of the things I missed. And one of the things I've missed about, you know, freelance Fridays is like one Friday a month, I would take Peyton with us. And, you know, she got to feel like she was part of the whole thing. And like, you know, at her age, not, there's not a lot of girls that are into wrestling. So, but to be able to have that opportunity, really, she really loved it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, we'll get hooked up. We'll have those fronts, you know, front row tickets and, uh, Peyton can be with us, but, I'm really excited. It, it, it's something I've missed. And it's, it's also one of the great perks about working at pro wrestling tees is that we're able to go to these events and have such great seats. And, you know, we feel really close to the action because of it. Yeah. One of my favorite things is just being up, up close to all that, you know, like it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, it's my favorite part. Like, yeah, sure. F- you know, f- front row seats don't act don't hurt, but no, being that close, it's just like it's just a whole different experience. You know, being at a show in general is experience, but like when you're you're up and close, when you're that fucking close, and it's just like, oh, here comes Kenny Omega. Oh, he just crashed on us. Oh, there goes my what, pop. It just spilled all over the place. What are, What are my favorite memories of being live at a show? Uh, it was a Ring of Honor show. I think it was World of Worlds, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who it was. Someone you know, got knocked out of the ring and they were up against the fence. And then <laughs> Vinny was feeding him Cheetos through the guardrail. <laughs> and the guy's like, thanks. <laughs> it was like my favorite thing ever. Or, uh, Frank getting Darby Allen's skateboard and lifting it above his head. And then the referee saying, put that fucking thing down. He's like, Oh, whoa. It's just stuff like that. That is like, it may not make it on TV, but like as a group and as a bunch of friends, it's, it makes it so much more memorable. So at the inaugural uh, double or, or uh, double or nothing, and I promise we'll talk about this here. Is yeah, the way we were sitting was it was Ryan, Ryan's wife Julia, myself, you, then Frank and Johnny. Yeah. maybe. and uh, Ju- it was during the Cody and Dustin match. They start bleeding, <laughs> and Julia grabs me and ryan and puts us in front of her and we're like what's going on she's like these guys are gonna get blood on me i don't want to get blood on me and ryan's like oh that's not gonna happen they're not gonna get blood on you <laughs> 20 minutes and then maybe like five minutes later after that he's talking he's just like oh my god we're like what he goes i taste i taste iron we're like huh he goes dude he goes dustin fucking blood on me we're like why he goes dude his blood got in my mouth what the fuck and julia was like i told you um so you know, it it is always just like a fun experience. Yeah. Um But Dave, did I? So I actually I only caught the, the the ending of this first match. The first match, of course, Adam Page versus Brian Cage, which mm-hmm. I can't wait for. Adam Page versus Brian Cage with Ethan Page and uh, Christian oh. Cage, and hopefully Diamond Dallas Page, and it's all inside oh. of the cage. And also, not to be mean, but I can't wait to hear 
Jim Ross call that match. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be the best. But see, I, be nice- I I only caught the ending of this because again, I so I went to go see it at our our buddy Anthony's house. Who shout out Anthony? He's a firefighter, I believe. He's graduating this week from like the fire academy. Um, so more firefighters, less police officers. But it was uh, <laughs> me, Anthony, Vivian, and our friend Curly. And uh, I went to go pick up Vivian from her house after work. And so by the time we got to Anthony's house, it was literally like the tail end of of this match. So I myself didn't get to watch Adam Page versus Brian Cage, again, aside from, from the ending shenanigans. Um, but h- how did you like this match? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Like, I'm normally not a big fan of, um, like, outdoor events. Because the the lighting's always weird, or d- depending on like what stadium or arena you're at, you'll always get like a weird half shadow across the the ring, and you know it never lights well. Um, and so like my brother was here, and he was kind of like, "Man, the lighting looks like shit." It didn't it didn't look like shit, but um, it just really looked like community theater, just the way it looked. But I will say. Um, Brian Cage looking as jacked as ever, and Adam Page doing. The, it, it was a really good match, and then they kind of teased at the end. They've been teasing it for a while now. I think uh, Brian Cage kind of not being happy as part of Team Taz, and they really kind of furthered that. Um, it was it was good. It was it was a great way to open. The crowd was hot for it, and you know, I think it's right that you see Adam Page winning, and you know. I'd like to see him closer to the title picture and that, that puts him one step closer. So definitely like I, you know, most of you guys know my history with Adam page. I love Adam page. Um, yeah. one of my favorite Adam page moments is aside from the ones, you know, that I'm talking about, um, is on the, we were taking the shuttle bus to, uh, to the dock to, for the Jericho cruise. And it was all of us, our party, hangman page and then some other random people as well that were also like um talent and yeah it's quiet and i it so earlier or or the the night before at dinner um ryan told told all of us like hey don't offer julia anything to drink she's pregnant you know she's just pregnant with her daughter um at the time and julia told us a story of how on ryan's birthday she was like i'm pregnant and he was just like dude you ruined my birthday and she's like no but we're pregnant with a girl and he was just like oh okay cool never mind that and that story just stuck with me because if you know like it sounds harsh but if you know ryan he totally did not mean it in that way yeah um it as much as someone saying you ruined my birthday uh but you know he did not it's it's just a funny story and so it's quiet we're all just there and i'm like dude i was like i can't believe you told julia she ruined your birthday and we all like chuckle and hangman's like what he's like why did why did he she ruin his birthday and i was like oh i was like then i tell him the story and he's like dude that's fucked up man and ryan's just kind of like uh ah, shrugs his shoulders um and then later on i got to hoist him in the air again when he won the aew tag yeah. team title so very happy and yeah like you mentioned i i hope we see more of him in the like the main title picture because um and we'll kind of get into it later but like you know it's like well who is there to kind of uh chase after that title next and um you know we go into the casino battle royale which the winner of this gets themselves a title match um i like this gimmick i especially like it more now the way they're incorporating with like instead of because before it was weird where everyone would come out together at once um but now it's a little bit more royal rumble style where everyone gets their own individual um 
entrances. Max Caster, yeah. of course, like with his rap was uh it was pretty was pretty fun up front. Um, but we, you know, uh, eventually. Oh, but also at during this time, I I texted Michael. I was like, hey, I was like, where are you guys sitting? And he's like, oh, you know, he's like, he texted me a picture of his seats. Um, and he told me he goes. I'll, I'll, I'll read the text verbatim because i was so fucking stuck with one particular person um he goes with with their gear he goes uh, i asked him i was like oh i was like uh like i always do i was like oh dan o'brien and cm punk backstage he was like nope he goes but wait for penta's gear crazy uh and then once i see his gear i was like holy shit penta yeah. got you know penta comes on this awesome fucking joker like um full joker yeah <laughs> listen people like wrestlers mainly luchadors have tried to like um we're not actually just luchadors like you have like ruby Wright do it at this year's mania like have two joker cosplay hands down best fucking cosplay ever like if they don't make this into an action figure i will be frustrated as it just looks yeah. so fucking cool like to the point yeah, where he'd make a great micro brawler too <laughs> oh, that, would, that would be fun wink wink that would be awesome um like i know penta sells his masks if he's selling this one i will fucking buy it and like because it's just it's such a cool fucking mask um but you know at, at one point um so the whole gist you know you're waiting to see who the joker is and it's leo rush leo rush makes a surprise um which was fun you know i i wish he, i kind of wish he would have been in a little bit more um but i don't know i don't know if this means he's with aew or not um you know yeah I, I'm not sure. I'm personally not the biggest fan of Leo Rush. Um, I've I've dealt with it before. He he can be a little diva-ish, I guess. And so, like, when he was the Joker, I was like, oh, Leo Rush, what the hell? And then uh, um, my brother's like, why do you hate Leo Rush? I was like, he stinks. And then he's in the ring doing amazing stuff, so I really had no leg to stand on. But... Um, he had a really good showing. I, I had no complaints about it. No, definitely. I mean, that was one of the things that we all kind of discussed among ourselves. We were like, well, who's going to be the Joker? Like, I was yeah. I was theorizing maybe uh, Chris Hero because Chris Hero, you know, got released well over a year ago and it's just pretty much not done anything, um, which, hey, if that's, if that's what he wants, cool. But I personally, I'm a huge Chris Hero fan and I would love to see him come yeah. back. Um, but I was very excited with Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy won this match. So, so to me, there was a reoccurring theme on this show of, and it was it was a thing I believe John and Way of Post Wrestling they mentioned it or they brought it to my attention that on on the this Friday edition of AEW is a whole lot of like this is a new chapter an evolution like brand new mm-hmm. um, and that very much if you look at uh, from you know about two three matches aside most of everybody who won were like young upstarts you know you have Adam Page I guess in this last match and Jungle Boy in this one. Um, it, it's just it it definitely felt like a new chapter you know kind of i i feel yeah. like kind of the, the whole reoccurring theme um well you know it's funny too watching him win and then um also i'll fast forward a little bit of uh, seeing orange cassidy's entrance you know uh much has been said about tony khan buying the rights to songs for the wrestlers and i just imagined jungle boy winning the title and then them playing 
his theme song and it would and confetti raining down and I thought man what a great moment that would make or the same thing with Orange Cassidy I mean if he if he wins the title and they start playing Where Is My Mind by the Pixies like and just having the entire arena singing like to me those are future I don't want to say WrestleMania moments but you, you know what I mean things that will be etched in like the history of most certainly AEW but in like wrestling as a whole, it would be such a great moment to see something like that. And it's good that they're kind of setting those building blocks for the future. What you look at, like even earlier uh, for the tag team match, uh, Mox and Eddie Kingston, um, did we talk about that at all? I think I might have skipped no. over that. No. Oh, well, uh, Mox and Eddie Kingston was, oh, yeah, that was a match I completely skipped over. Um, but they come out to Wild Thing, and it was a crazy fucking pop um yeah like so i i like the, the bucks meeting heels like i always felt they kind of play more to being heels um just because like they they're really i mean they're to me good either way you know they're one of the very few teams that are kind of just flexible both ways like you kind of like you look at someone like the hardys who to me, we're never really good as a heel team. Right. Conversely, you know, you have like um, Edge and Christian, who were never to me fun or interesting as baby faces. Um, but yeah. the Bucks, they they they're good either way. And uh, man, the crowd. Well, I'm glad they're, I'm, I'm glad they're heels though because that's kind of what first made everyone fall in love with them was how obnoxious they were. And like, even my brother, because he doesn't watch wrestling, he's like, he's like, why are they doing? Why? <laughs> One, he noticed Nick's hair color. He's like, what's up with that dude's hair color? I was like, and I tried to explain to him. Like lately, they've been just obnoxious assholes. And I was like, to me, that auburn hair that he had was the most obnoxious thing he could have done. And like, I love it. I love that they're just like shitheads. It's the best thing that they can do. Oh no, definitely. Um, but like. They were they were working over like Mox the whole match. Like Eddie yeah. Kingston was the one who would come in and make the hot tag, um, which was awesome too because I love fucking Eddie Kingston and I love that everyone in the arena was just chanting for him as loud as they could. Um, and you know it, it finally came to the end where I was shocked. Moxley took there, before that there was a fun moment where they teased uh, the Shield power bomb. On Mox yes. before he he quickly put and, the kibosh and no that. one said and no one said anything about it but like I was like oh shit yeah was <laughs> that's like, pretty dope we all know what they were doing yeah um but yeah they give Moxley four BTE triggers and then pin him which um I kind of I I didn't think they were gonna win like Renee Young is or Renee Paquette she's due like any time now and so I figured like Mox probably wouldn't be um you know kind of taking that right. responsibility on. Um, but yeah, I need to go back to that because I completely skipped over that. Um, but we go to this next match, Anthony Agogo and Cody Rhodes. <sighs> I like Cody, but I have not liked what has been like the story behind this match. It's just been so weird. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm someone that when I see people be like overly patriotic, it's just like super weird to me, you know, like it's like, it comes right up to the line of, Again, not to get political, but I know what you're saying. It's like there's being patriotic and then there's like being uh, like a nationalist. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's really – it's a very thin line to cross over, but it's it's a very distinct line. And 
let's be honest, being ultra patriotic isn't the most in thing at the moment. Well, especially too, because like when we were kids, uh, you know, when we were younger, it was one of those things where like it just wasn't really talked about, and now it's like we're we're more society as a whole more open to learning about like the true atrocities of some things that have happened in the past. You know, like yeah, you you know, it, it's like, and again, I'm, I'm trying to get get not to get too political, but it's like I don't know, man, like read about it's a tough it's a tough line to toe yeah and, and, so, and to be and to be a face it's also in like 2021 the like foreign heel versus um like the clean, yeah it, that whole shtick it's just it's so played out i hate it myself like being completely it, honest yeah in my mind and it's very clear that cody wants to be the messiah or and i'm trying not to insult him because i do think he does a good job at what he does but like it's very clear that he wants to be that baby face he wants to be that hulk hogan where people are like usa you you know what i mean and he gets the he gets the crowd jumping but it's to me it's a character that's out of place especially in this climate Mm -hmm. and i i wish he tweaked it where he did go over the line and just like in the same way that kurt angle did it he was like Everything Kurt Angle said was true to a point. He's like, he's like, I'm an Olympic hero. I I won the gold medal with a broken freaking neck, and just the fact that he was saying that made you hate him, but in the in a good way. And I I wish Cody would maybe get some of that energy where he would go. I don't understand. Uh, I come from a great family, and I have a beautiful wife, and my daughters are the way. Why would you hate me? And it's like, you know, you're the guy that has everything, and you just don't get it, you know. And I wish he played it that way rather than the way he's doing it now exactly and you know what it didn't help that he came out dressed like homelander that's immediately what no. i thought like no. um but you know what for and I, I will say anthony agogo for someone that they mentioned um this was only his like third match i thought he was really good Great. you know like yeah, i liked him um match went on a little bit longer than i kind of wished it would have but uh yeah like you know anthony agogo impressed me and um you know, let's see where we go with Cody from here because it's it's kind of weird with him like losing the opportunity to ever challenge for the uh, the world title. Maybe he goes back and, and faces Miro for the TNT Championship. I'm not sure, well, but he, didn't he say if he lost that he wasn't gonna go for it again? I don't think he can go for either title. Was that a thing? I I don't I don't. It's hard to remember all these stipulations. Well, uh, but he did tease that they were maybe going to do another title in an interview. So we'll see what that title will be. Um, well, you know, speaking of title matches, the TNT Championship match was up next, and this one was fucking awesome to me. Like I, I have mentioned so many times, big men in wrestling, I have a love hate relationship with because to me, in twenty twenty one, if you aren't if you're wrestling like fucking baron corbin and braun Strowman. when you have guys like miro and lance archer who were putting on the match that they were like get the fuck out of here i have like i is is one of my problems with wdb right now where it's just like you have aj styles with fucking almost this guy can't wrestle and there everyone's like no but it's funny that's his gimmick i'm like get the fuck out of here i don't want to watch that like i don't like no you know like 
you have big guys on your roster who can actually wrestle. I want to see a, a Damian Priest and Keith Lee like wrestle. I don't want to see them be put to the side because you have some seven foot guy that Vince is like, oh, yeah, look at him, he's so big. Like, get the fuck yeah. out of here with that. But no, but these guys put on a very, I want to say like New Japan style of match because they were fucking going for it, man. Like, yeah. Miro is someone who like. A lot of people saw his potential in WWE, and that just never came to fruition. Um, and then, like, Lance Archer, he would always put on these, like, banger of matches because they would always put him in the G1 in New Japan. He would always put on these, like, low-key bangers. And, yeah. like, they got to go out there and just go for it. I, I think my favorite moment of the match, of course, is when Jake the Snake comes out. <laughs> and he makes you think yeah. that he's going to pull out the snake uh, on old Miro and clearly not a real snake in there. Miro grabs the thing, starts whipping the bag around, and then throws it on stage. And it was just like, I Jesus. knew. I knew there wasn't a real snake in there, but part of me was like, did this motherfucker just throw a snake? Like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Um, yeah. Again, real fun match. You know, they had Lance Archer pass out. Um, to the game over i believe it. they're calling it and just yeah man like i i really enjoyed myself during that match yeah i mean i think that's like one common thing that people say about miro is that he w- he went on such a monster run well at first you know when he was rusev he was just exclusively beating up black people which everyone's like huh and that was more of a creative decision i guess but then like you look at this guy and he was killing it and then they just cut his knees out from underneath him. And then they were trying this weird cuck angle with him for, I don't know why, you know, apparently Vince gets like these weird ideas in his head, but it was so like, he's such a one for someone who's, who English isn't his first language, a great promo. And then two, a great athlete. Um, and by all accounts, a pretty cool dude. So to see him finally get the chance to show off how much of a monster he could be was great. Um, Lance Archer, great as well. I'm not the biggest fan of his look. <laughs> I, I think some of us joke around in the office. It's like, you got this guy, he calls himself the Murder Hawk Monster. I can't imagine him going to the salon and saying, hey, can I get some of that red braided into my hair? It's just like, <laughs> it's a weird thing. But aside from his look, I mean, he is a monster in the ring, and the two of them pulled off a great match that kind of showcased both of them. So um, hats off to them. Oh, no, for sure. Um, Speaking of, like, hats off, uh, hats off to the women because they put on a hell of a match. You know, of course, it was Sheeta, year-long champion, defending her uh, AEW Women's World Championship, which this new belt looks so much better than the other one. It's not that much bigger, but it's big enough to that it doesn't, like – stick out like a sore thumb um yeah and yeah you know she she gets to defend her title belt against Britt baker Britt baker also someone who like during the pandemic has just been on fire like yeah just killing it you know and i i had a very pleasant experience with Britt. i might have talked about an episode with taffy you know where um you know breaking kayfabe a little bit she's a sweetheart she's a sweetheart of a person yeah. um i i mentioned her because she was actually in um uh, uh what was it called it was, she was in the movie with um wes and and, and cash we uh oh god i'm i'm, I'm blanking on, on on the name of it power bomb yeah sorry wes i know you're yeah. listening she was in power bomb with wes and cash and uh i mentioned to her when i saw her i was like hey because oh, i was texting with cash i was like 
Cash Allen wants me to say hello to you. And she was like, oh, my God, you know, very happy about it. And I think at one point we were going to send him a selfie. But we, we I mean, you know, she, she, she was busy doing other things. But she's a real cool, real cool person. And seeing the culmination of, like, her character just, you know, it's it's very similar to, like, Becky Lynch, almost in the sense of like, you know, Britt Baker gets her shit busted open, top seller of her merch, and she just, she's on fire. Like, she killed it, you know, a while back in her uh, unsanctioned match with Thunder Rosa, where even though she technically lost, like, she still came out looking like a million bucks. And um, this was a long time in the making, and it was really awesome. And like, um, a little peek behind the curtain, uh, there's a new Britt Baker shirt out. And uh, I was I, I was in, I was tasked with uh, sending one to her herself, so it was one of those things where that got a little bit spoiled for me. So I, I did know the outcome of this match, but that didn't like again. I'm someone where spoilers don't really affect me, and it yeah. it didn't deter my enjoyment of this match like whatsoever, knowing the outcome. Well, I'll say so. I missed a good chunk of the match only because I had to activate the shirt, and I I kind of had to be at my computer and then like there was a slight delay between uh what i was viewing and then like michael was at the event and so whenever michael said go i knew the match was over and i had to activate the product so i was kind of at my desk and i missed half the match um but i was listening to it and also um you know this match didn't go without some controversy earlier in the week like um sheeta was working on a was doing a promo and then the guy from the Spanish announce team started making, you know, stereotypical Asian accent, you know, parody, and it didn't come off well at all. It's not a good look now, and he got fired. But, you know, aside from all that ugliness, I'm good on Sheeta, good on uh, Britt Baker. It, it's really cool that, like, women's wrestling is being taken seriously for the most part in AEW, and um, we're really seeing some really hard-hitting matches, and... Um, they're given more than like the, the obligatory two to three minute match. You know what I mean? Dude, they were going for it, man. Like there was a certain yeah. point where like, I believe it was like, it was Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross were just like, oh man, like, you know, you have these women here, but they are not fighting like women because they were just going for it. Like it was, it, it was very like, hell yeah. Like fucking go for it. Do that. Because um, again, like women's wrestling, like there's, like I'm someone who, for the you know, since NXT sort of came around and and helped with women's right, because I I wasn't much of an Impact person. I didn't watch Impact, and I know their right. knockouts division for a while was, um, you know, kind of tearing it up. Tearing it up. They were the trailblazers. Um, I wasn't watching any of that, so I, for me, it kind of started with NXT, and so like I take women's wrestling serious, but I know there's. There's plenty of dude bros who are just like, oh no, I you know, fuck women's wrestling. Like, oh, gotta go to the bathroom break. But no, these two women fucking killed it. And like you mentioned with Sheeta, you know, it's like clearly English isn't her first language. And like I listened to Shinsuke Nakamura on uh, Renee Young, Renee Paquette's podcast, and like he's also someone who's been working on his English. And it's like, yeah, clearly they're not you know the best at it, but like. They're, it's it's good enough to where you understand what they're saying and like 
don't you know don't don't be a fucking don't be a shithead yeah don't be yeah. a shithead and be like what are they saying i don't understand them because you know you understand them you're just yeah you're just being shitty um yeah. but dude this next match though is sting and darby allen versus scorpio sky and ethan page um ethan page someone that we've seen wrestle plenty of times you know we've had him on the podcast before uh so that very exciting you know i was there for for his debut in the um the latter match at, at last month's pay-per-view or the last pay-per-view and the winner of that match scorpio sky you know became my bud that yep. weekend as well bought me like 12 sierra mists um <laughs> and they were going up against sting and his son darby allen this match was fucking awesome like sting is 62 years old and for the last six years had not wrestled because of uh an injury he sustained um during a match with seth rollins you know we thought wwe medically disqualified him from ever being able to wrestle again and we everyone kind of thought like oh undertaker did this uh you know cinematic match with aj styles like will we finally get this cinematic we'll finally get the sting undertaker match that everyone has wanted forever but no they released him so uh and you know again also at, at revolution you did have sting wrestle but it was it was in a cinematic match so it wasn't necessarily what most people wanted. Boy, did he fucking deliver on that in this match! Like Sting, he like he still he still got it, man. Um, yeah. Most of what I've seen from Sting has been from Impact. Uh, I I've never really watched any of his WCW stuff, but like, holy shit, dude, he was going out here and just he was killing it, man. And it was a fun like. Um, he, Darby as well. I believe Darby, his, his dude, everyone in this match performed fucking awesome. There was the one spot where Ethan picked up Darby and, and th- chucked him into the crowd. Chucked him into the crowd. And he did the, the Spike Dudley spot. It was so awesome. Dude, like Ethan Page, this guy is a powerhouse. Like it, it's funny in wrestling because sometimes you get this thing where, like, oh, so and so's not that big. But then you see them and you're like, yeah this person's a giant what the fuck like just because they're not six foot eight like you know yeah like everyone can't be lance archer's like height you know but yeah well not only that but ethan page has taken this time during the pandemic to really like chisel himself out like he really not that he not that he was had a bad body or anything but like he tightened up like a motherfucker like this guy really worked on his physique and his strength and it should like just imagine like darby's probably he's on the smaller end of people but imagine being able to pick up a grown man and throw him 10 feet out of the ring i mean it was amazing oh yeah it was that was just bonkers to me um but again it was a fun little finishing sequence where uh you know scorpion counters uh scorpio sky and then you know, pins them and it was just it was awesome it was awesome seeing sting being able to move like um i saw someone on twitter point out like at 62 you know he moves better than most of his contemporaries who are either dead or like retired you know like there's not that many 62 year olds that can still kind of go like that and um like i kind of theorize you know for all out i think a fun match that we could hypothetically see is sting and darby go for the tag titles you know, I think that would be fun to, to kind of go up against the Bucks who have seemingly kind of just, they've, they've beaten everyone. Like, I, yeah. I, well, I, I think, too, and here, here's the other thing. Everyone makes that joke like, oh, you don't like old timers in WWE, but when they come to AEW, you're all for it. First, there's there's two things wrong with that statement. One, um, WWE 
did not know how to use Sting, right? And then two, uh, Sting's not being used as someone that's in the world title picture. You know what I mean? You would always get like Goldberg's coming in and winning the title for like a month or two and stuff like that. Genuinely, Sting is helping Darby Allen reach a new place that he probably wouldn't have made it this quickly by himself. And just, just the fact that he can get that superstar rub from sting and give him something interesting to do. And then, yeah, again, maybe if he gets in the tag team title picture, it would be such a cool thing. And I'm really happy for sting too. Cause like I was excited when he got his WrestleMania moment and then, then he got, he got injured and he didn't get to go out the way he wanted to go out. And, I know you said you saw some of his TNA stuff, but like I remember when he was surfer sting in WCW. Um, I remember when he became the crow. I remember how influential that stuff was. And just to see someone that is so iconic, especially to like Southern wrestling. Um, and then he wasn't able to go out on, imagine the frustration, like you take the buckle bomb and you're done. And like, you finally make it to what a lot of people consider is like the top of the mountain. And they tell you, yeah, you can't wrestle now. Sorry. And then you're like, well, what the fuck am I here for? You know, so pardon my French, but like to see him, you, you can see the joy in his face when he's wrestling for AEW, and I'm all for it. And especially as good as he looked tonight, like give me more sting matches. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he, he could teach the other people around him a thing or two and he gets to finally go out on, on the way he wants to. So, I am all for more sting. No, definitely. Like it's, um, it, it is a little like weird with, cause I'm, I'm someone who's like that too. Like get the, get Goldberg the fuck out of here. But it's right. because of that, because you know, you have like some of these old guys come in and just under deliver. And uh, like you mentioned, yeah. WWE didn't know what the fuck they were doing with sting. They, yeah. they had them do the, they had them do the job to triple H, um, and then he had the NWO coming out and helping him. Like, they don't know what Sting is. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but, no, I was very happy to see him. And, yeah, like you mentioned, like, I would love to see I, I would love to see more of Sting at this point. And not yeah. weekly, not every single week. No. But, but in bits they, and spurs, yeah, like, you know. They're, they're using him at the right amount. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, again, props to – Props to Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page also for making him look as good as they did, and for them themselves, like looking like an awesome, formidable tag team. Like I, yeah. again, big fan of those two guys, and if they, you know, if they continue in the tag division, like I'll be very happy with that because they they make yeah. they make a good tag team as well. Um, and, next- and how cool how cool for them too that they got to wrestle against Sting. Like that's probably something they never thought that they would ever do. Never and. Now they got this special moment, so yeah, good for everyone involved. Exactly. Um, our next match was the AEW champ World Championship uh, Triple Threat match. Kenny looking like a fucking million bucks, walking out with all four mm-hmm. of his titles. Which, um, admittedly, because he walked out with the AAA Mega Heavyweight Title and the Impact cha- Titles, I f- I kept in my head. I was like, because the match has been announced. Him and Andrade at like Triple Mania. I was like, mm-hmm. for sure, Andrade's going to come out. And then, you know, he had the impact ones. I was like, ooh, maybe, like, because I know they're teasing stuff with him and Moose. I was like, for sure, Moose will come out. Um, but no, no no interruptions. Regardless of the match was fun, like, Orange Cassidy, it's crazy how, like, how over the guy is. You know, yeah. and all, all three men, you know, did a very good job at, like, making you believe that they could win it at a certain point. You know, 
Pac specifically, like, he's someone who just looks like a fucking million bucks and, <coughs> excuse me, um, looks like a million bucks and he just, like, impresses me to no end. He's always just doing things in that ring where I'm just like, how did WWE not know what to do with you also, you know? Like, yeah. Um, you know, and he's got very good chemistry with with Kenny as well. You know, this is this isn't the first time they've danced. Same thing with Orange Cassidy, and no, I th- I thought all three men delivered. Like Orange Cassidy came in, there wasn't too much comedy with him. You know, there was there was some serious stuff in there with him as well. And again, Kenny just looking like a fucking monster. The you know you got of course a giant fuck you Don chant um, when, when Don Callis started interrupt. And yeah, I mean. The, the match was great the match was fun for me a little to me uh, like a little bummed out that nobody showed up but again it's not that wasn't what this match was about and it's not like anyone said like oh yeah you know someone is showing up in this match yeah one of my favorite moments in the match and it, it kind of paid off a little bit of commentary that i think it was excalibur said something like um <clears throat> Like one of the great things about Kenny Omega is his the strength of his legs. He's got such fast twitch muscles, and it's like it was kind of a weird thing to say. And then there's a sequence where Pac is just kind of like smacking Kenny around, and then Kenny just fucking unloads with a front kick and like shotguns him into the turnbuckle. I was like, holy shit! Like it was a great payoff to the commentary, and it was one of those things like. There's some, that's some of the things that I like most about like New Japan wrestling is like you'll get moments like that you'll get like a shotgun drop kick into the corner and it looks like it looks like a car wreck you know what I mean There's such force such impact and you don't really see a lot of that on American TV or in American wrestling and just the fact that they did that um, and then Orange Cassidy being over as hell um, you know like my stepson went over to his dad's house they were watching and he's like i like that dude with i like that dude with the sunglasses and the and putting his hands in his pockets like oh orange cassidy he's the shit yeah so um it's just funny because you'll have people like um jim Cornette talk shit about stuff like that and it's just he doesn't get it he's not with it and the the thing about orange cassidy is once you get it it doesn't matter how quote-unquote fake the wrestling is like you're wrapped up in the character and then you, you believe it. And isn't that what wrestling's all about is they make you believe the gimmick that they're doing. And so like, what a great hard hitting match. Um, and like you said, there were so many moments and good for the commentary too. Cause they, they kept emphasizing Kenny does not have to be pinned or submitted to lose the title. And they had so many sequences like that where you were like, oh, shit, Kenny's going to lose, and he's not even involved in the pinfall. So um, that was great. And I know we don't give star ratings, but I would give that like a four or five star for the match. It was it was pretty pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was definitely super entertaining. And, yeah, just, again, one of those, like, I expected this to be a great match, clearly with everyone involved, and was just surprised yeah. with – how well is executed because most triple threat matches it's you know it's a lot of like and here kenny hits Pac, and then Pac goes out of the ring and then orange cassidy and kenny will be in there and then oh orange cassidy hits kenny and then here rolls in Pac. and but no this match was a little bit more fluid like it, it definitely gelled together more than most triple threat matches generally do 
Um, and then, of course, after this match was when they announced, you know, Mark Henry, uh, future guest of the PWT cast, uh, part of the new announced team as, as a, uh, yeah, he's joining the broadcast team as well as uh, an analyst and a coach. Super excited about that. Dave, Stadium Stampede, I, I, I will openly admit, last year, did not watch it. it I was I was very much... I've been very much against cinematic matches. It's just not my thing, you know, not not something that I I really care for. Like when Matt Hardy first started kind of doing them, um did not really care for them. Yeah. And subsequently I like Undertaker AJ just didn't care for that. Like it's just, it's not my thing, you know. The like yeah. the, the the only cinematic match I've watched to completion was the one at Revolution. Again, prior to this was the one at Revolution with Darby and, you know, against te- Darby and Sting against Team Taz. And that's because I was there. Um, but this one, so I was a little, like, hesitant about it. But I thought I thought it went pretty well. First off, shout out uh, Tully Blanchard and uh, FTR in uh, what's referred to as bisexual light. Uh, there was the one picture of them at the bar, which I I, ha- I I found as good as as high rest of a, of a photo I can find. Hopefully, we can use it for uh, the cover for this week's episode because this is my new favorite photo ever. But I'm of course talking about uh, Tully at the bar with FTR, and they're all wearing their matching uh, pinnacle T-shirts, cowboy boots, and bandanas. Uh, my new favorite picture anywhere um but the stadium stampede was actually pretty fun you know everyone kind of broke off into into their own little feuds you know you had wardlow and uh jack hager you have the tag teams going off against each other you had um sammy guevara and uh the chairman and you know of course mjf and and jericho and kind of just yeah i thought overall it was fun like i mentioned earlier there was a lot of like young guys getting their due you know getting their wins and most notably here with Sammy Guevara getting the win for the pinnacle or getting for the inner circle, meaning that they don't have to break up. Um, a lot of fun, like sequences, you know, like, as I mentioned, it got, it was a little bit of cornball, uh, stuff with, uh, with MJF and Jericho running around. Um, some, some fun stuff with Sean Spears and Sammy. I, to me, their stuff was kind of the best. Um, I, I very much enjoy the stuff with Santana and Ortiz. You know, we got a, a cameo from Conan, the weirdest part, honestly, I was just like, "What is? Why is there a random nightclub inside of a inside, inside of, of a field <laughs> inside of Daly's place?" Yeah, um, I, I. But you know, I, I, I very much I got what they were doing, you know. Um, so that was fun, and oh, dude, there was a scary sequence to me when Hager and Wardlow were on top of that like golf cart. Oh, I kept thinking it was going to collapse on them. I, I was literally just like, "Oh my god, it's going to collapse! It's going to collapse!" Yeah. And no, thankfully, you know it. Thankfully, both guys came out okay. Um, yeah. You know, you had a fun sequence with Jericho in the crowd fighting with uh, MJF and power bombs him in, into like that uh, that box after he hit him with the fucking spotlight. Um, yeah. There was also like the fun bit when they're in like the main offices and he throws him into the, the cutout of Shad Khan and then you know he's like he goes, "Oh, you're in trouble now. <laughs> you're in trouble now." But yeah, like, how, how did you feel uh, about this uh, about this match? Yeah, I mean, I saw part of the stadium stampede last time, but yeah, I, I think it's really hard to do a match like that and not be cornball. And they definitely had their moments in this one, but um, <laughs> one of my favorite moments is uh, 
uh, Jake Hager and uh, Wardlow going into the freezer, and they had those fake half pigs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly made of rubber, and they spray-painted, like, the the insides red. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. But, um, no, there was lots of fun scenes in it. Um, there was one point where Jericho opens up, like, a, a whiteboard cabinet, and there's an aluminum bat, and he hits MJF in the head with it, and it made, like, a sickening thud. I'm like, how the, how do they do it? Like he clearly didn't hit him in the head with an aluminum bat, but like whatever they did, it, it sounded and looked good. And then also, you know, little bits like um, Jericho having the cast and then like the robotic brace and then him just getting it hit. You're like, Ooh, you can feel it. Even though, you know, he's probably fine under there. Um, but yeah, just go, I don't think anyone expected them to go into the Daly's place, which was really cool. And like the crowd was like, Oh, we get to see some of this happening live. That, that was a real fun treat for the crowd. And, you know, like you said, um, Sammy Guevara being the one to win the match was great because like, you know, not to bring up old stuff, but he did get in trouble for saying some unsavory things. And this is what I like about, um, not completely canceling someone. You punish him, give him a chance to turn it around, and then be a better person afterwards. And I think he learned his lesson from that. And, you know, there was a couple times in this long arc where, um, you know, he was the reason why uh, the inner circle lost. And then for, for him to be the one reason why they win and stay together um it's cool and and it's really cool how they get the fans invested because if you think about it the inner circle they're all they're all dickheads right <laughs> they're all assholes and the fact that you're happy that they won and that they're together shows you how much investment that they were able to get the crowd into this uh this faction so and it also shows you how much of a shit heel mjf can be to make them even worse than the inner circle so um really good character work a really good way to utilize a bunch of people that maybe outside of a faction you wouldn't have tv time for and um that's one of the great things about AEW. also is like they find ways to use people that maybe don't get used as much and that you know that plays to some of their strengths so it was really cool it was really cool to like end the pay-per-view with the crowd singing judas you we hear that song all the time and it's very singable um but yeah overall really great showing it was cool to see a a crowd again and you know say what you will about how they figured out how to get around that nothing replaces live crowd reaction and that's really like 50 percent of you know wrestling action like one of my favorite matches is the rock against hogan at wrestlemania 18 if you turn the crowd noise off it's the shittiest match you'll ever see in your life but with the crowd it makes it one of the most memorable so um it just goes to show you how much wrestling missed having a crowd in place so it was good that we got to see that no definitely yeah like you mentioned at the end with everyone you know everyone's singing uh judas together like no man that was awesome like and again you know some people feel feel how you feel about um you know jericho or the inner circle and stuff like that like it it was still pretty fun to to see that because i mean i remember being on the cruise the first time like everyone sang along and that's just that was an awesome experience and now that it's sort of just become a thing um 
but yeah you know that that was kind of just and again we're no yeah listen, if you want an in-depth review you know go check out yeah. post wrestling they do this yeah jotted yeah. away they, they're excellent reviewing this but we just you know I, we thought it would be fun because again this was about like and the one thing i the one thing too i will say is i saw so many people talking about watching the show or actually watching the show as opposed to like with wwe shows unless it's like a wrestlemania or like a royal rumble i don't ever see that ever right. you know it's never and again it's this isn't like a you know pro wwe you know pro AEW anti wwe thing i mean i'm i'm not in love with wwe right now at the moment but still it's yeah. just like it's a thing like i you know backlash i think was their last pay-per-view and i saw nobody talking about that you yeah. know and and mine these are more sparse you know as in uh, we only get four four a year and i i think it was fun i i very much enjoy seeing yeah. people talk online about it and just talk in general about it and just yeah overall just a really fun show like i i i will say too i got a live report from michael so like in the office every now and again we'll we turn into idiots and then we just play stupid old wrestling theme songs. And one of the things we used to do to annoy each other would be play, we would play Cody Rhodes's current theme song. And then I came up with some lyrics to it where it was just me saying Cody Rhodes over and over again. I'd be like, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes. That's probably, like, that's probably where I got it from. Cause I found myself doing that the other day and I could not, I did not know where I got that from. Well, it would just annoy everyone because it would just get stuck in your head. And then, like, Michael would be like, I can't stop thinking of Cody Rhodes. Apparently, you you may not be wrong. You may have came, came up with it yourself on the side, too, because he said at the show, everyone was going, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes. So I guess it's a thing we all – it's a mania we all suffer from. Well, listen, I mean, say what you will about Homelander, but, like, he I'm, – I'm so – my God. Say what you will about Cody. Um <laughs> Oh my god! I don't think I'm gonna edit that out. I think I'm gonna keep that in there. I'm sorry, That's Cody. Uh, Codelander. Codelander. Great theme song. Like the original version. Very singable. Like, I yeah. like it. Yeah. As much as it's just like they took my name. I love my dad. I am really the best. Um, it's a good song. Well, I hated that like Snoop Dogg remix version, but I like Cody's what's, theme. What's funny is that we also joke about this. He has an entrance song for his entrance song. Yes. <laughs> and then I noticed that this pay-per-view, he remixed it where he added like a string and horn section over the, the downstate uh, song. So <laughs> this guy is evolving entrance theme music and, to the nth degree. And listen, man, I'll say this. People give Cody a lot of shit and like I think it's unfairly like – the, the yeah. you know like they're everyone he knows like, how to present himself everyone you know is like you he wants to be triple h too much it's like yeah well guess what he's a fucking evp like yeah you he know do whatever he wants yeah he you know what he can he could be wrestling kenny for the fucking title belt but he very clearly made it a point of like i want to get this i want to get the tnt title over and he did you know and it, it, it yeah. kind of came over and you know he gets into these feuds with people and whether or not you're, I don't know. I just, I think he unjustly gets like shit on by yeah. people who like, no matter what he does, they are going to shit on him regardless. And, you know, but again, I will say you mentioned the TNT title. 
if I hear anyone else say the TNT title is just as important as the AEW title, my eyes will roll completely into the back of my head and I'll be looking at my brain. Stop it. It's not. It's the TV title. It's good. It's not world heavyweight title good. Exactly. I've heard I've heard Cody say it. I've heard I think Miro say it. It's not the truth no matter how many times you say it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. It, yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a mid card title, which is fine. Yeah. You know, because yeah. listen, some of the best wrestlers are famous for mid card titles. Exactly. Um. But yeah, you know that that was kind of just this week's episode. I, again, like we mentioned, um, if you you know if you want to sign up for the Patreon this month, go ahead and, and then sign up. You know, we're gonna have that special Ryan episode as well as, um, I believe it'll be like two. Um, actually, I can look it up now. Exactly. It'll be about two or three episodes of uh, Scrump and Stank's Detective Agency. Um, yeah, three episodes of Scrump and Stank's Detective Agency, which, you know, we're very excited about that. Again, the first episode, Mothman and, uh, you know, with the marvelous one himself, Matt Nix. And yeah, man, it's, you know, a lot of fun, interesting stuff coming. And I know it's. Um, <laughs> It's kind of it's one of those things where like of course everyone's always like a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming but I I genuinely do um, believe that you guys will enjoy what we have coming and yeah. uh, we'll definitely go back to having some guests back on as well uh, and yeah a lot of fun stuff coming all right from from the PWT cast uh, and yeah man for the PWT cast this week I've been Scrum and this is Stank and this is the reigning. Uh, defending Impact, TNA, AAA Mega Heavyweight, and AEW World Heavyweight Champion and friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast, and so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.